0: Welcome to Be Still, Be Free. Good morning, America. Um, it's like a radio show. Good I know. Good morning. Vietnam. Uh, this is Monica, and um, I'm <laughs> doing the intro of are, today, and I'm totally you There's off. a reason
1: why I do this every week. Usually <laughs> she's got it going on. I never do the intro. That's true.
0: I'm going to throw it on no, you one time. No, it's not my thing. Like fling that. it. She's going to fling it onto you. Fling it. I'm going to cast it.
1: You're going to cast, cast it.
0: Throw it. Well, Amber is leading us this week on a discussion on what it means to be righteous. And um, this is the third topic in our Be in the Spirit series. Have you all just not loved this, this series so awesome. far? I know. It has been like, one of my favorites.
2: It's interesting. We, we, say that every that time. we always say that. We say it every time. <laughs> but it really is true.
0: We really mean it. <laughs> We're so sincere every time we say that. Every, every time, time we, we say, say it. it. <laughs> it's just, inter- you know, because, like, we come, we have these topics, and we're like, I'm sure, like, as we first just say them, you're like, be sustained, mm-hmm. be righteous, wah, <laughs> wah. Like...
2: Well, and when we start it, they're words on a paper, and so you're yes. just like, "Oh, I don't know what's
0: good that's yeah, gonna be." But yeah. when it
2: just comes together and it's something, it's yeah. so it cool. just goes
0: to show how God's word
1: is alive and active, and, that's and right. acts like a double edged sword that's to right. separate yeah. and, and where them. two or more are, like there I believe that is. because. Yeah. And again, I just say, like I'm sitting here last week and just like taking in all of your words because it was it was so yes, good. It was, so it was good. like it was like a good de- devotional. Yeah, you know, well
0: the Lord just has it unique way of speaking to each of us yeah. when it comes to content. And yeah. I love that. It's so there's such a variety and hopefully mm-hmm. that translates to all the listeners and yeah. right. everyone kind of has their, their way of hearing or identifying and mm-hmm. cause God just uses, uses all of us. He does. It's so, beautiful. um, it's beautiful. So, yeah, so today we're talking about what it means to be righteous, and uh, don't freak out or turn off the podcast, no, because <laughs> it is not what you think. It is going to be awesome. We had a little bit of a highlight of it in our series introduction, mm-hmm. um, and we can't wait to dive in. It's really going to be
1: more setting free than it feels like,
0: Yeah, oh, i got to
1: do righteous it is. things. Set,
0: that's the whole thing, yeah. and I'll digress for a second before we uh, let Amber talk, Um You know, our whole thing is about women need to be set free to live their life in this culture of unrealistic expectations. Mm -hmm. And so everything that we talk about, all of these series, all of these individual episodes, the whole crux of all of it is to bring you freedom not to burn you down with more stuff to do not to to burn you down with here's what you're not doing right that's right it's to liberate you Mm -hmm. to walk and live the life that god planned for you to live in freedom so i just hope everyone remembers that and gets that same feeling from it because that's that's the intention we hope there's not an intention perception gap here like (laughs) the intention is that you receive it as a Huge exhale that you can take a deep breath and just go be free. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Uh, so
1: just got to get it.
2: Yeah. All right. So let's talk about righteousness. Let's talk about um, it. And I said this on the series uh, overview or the overview, whatever we're intro. calling Intra- intro thing. Um, that I was super intimidated by this this topic because honestly like when I when I would think about righteousness I kind of think about the word self-righteous or I think about a Pharisee and any um, teaching I've ever heard like I did a Bible study recently and one of the big topics was righteousness um but basically the the gist of it that I got was right living which mm-hmm. was is mm-hmm. not different than anything I've heard in the past mm-hmm. and um and honestly was a little weak to me like okay, like, why is it talked about so much if really right living is all it is? Yeah. So it, so that's what we're gonna talk about. So okay. let's start with Matthew 5, 6, which says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. So that means righteousness is something that we're supposed to hunger and thirst for. Mm. Um, the word hunger is the word Okay, I probably said that wrong, but that's the Greek word for Mm -hmm. hunger in this verse. And what it means is to crave ardently. Mm. Okay, Um, the word thirst is the word dipsao, and that means those who are said to thirst, who painfully feel their want of and eagerly long for those things by which the soul is refreshed, Supported and strengthened. Wow. So, righteousness is something we are to crave, to eagerly long for because it refreshes, supports, and strengthens our soul. Um, and now if I were to make a list of the top five things
0: I crave every day, <laughs> righteousness righteousness. On the top awesome. <laughs> ice cream I, I can't say that righteousness would be up there. You know what though? And I hope this doesn't digress too far, but when you say the things that your soul longs for, mm-hmm. I think so often we can, we, we get stuck in the patterns of trying to refresh our soul with all of the external things. Yes. And yes. we don't realize that it's coming from a need that's deeper than what we think it is. Yes. You know, yes. like whether it be, Sex, food, alcohol, yeah. drugs, yeah. addictions, relationships, yep. yes, um, work, whatever, yeah, well, even good things. Yeah, no, no, good I would works. even take it
1: a, a step further. It's even beyond just. I did devotions every day this week. Check. I went to church right. every time the yes. doors were open. Check. Right, like that. I think we get caught up in that too of the checkbox of what we think we should be doing in order mm-hmm. to experience right a well being but it's really a, a stillness symptom of your heart yeah. and your spirit
0: being like i am so parched yeah. and yeah. long for a refreshing that yeah. cannot a, be satisfied it's a
1: stillness of you and god it's not there's no doing it's 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 yeah it's the thirsting and hungering, painfully
0: feel the That's want right. of yeah. painfully, yeah.
1: painfully feel, you feel I mean, like, I've
0: been hungry enough to painfully feel the want of a burger.
1: But I, <laughs> this but, is
0: deeper. Yeah. But to think about righteousness
2: as something you painfully feel the want of would indicate to me that I do not know what righteousness is. That's right. Mm-hmm. Because I when I think that. of righteousness in the list of to do's, I, do painf- I do not painfully long for no. that.
1: It exhausts you.
2: Yes. So let's talk about what righteousness is. Okay. Okay. Since we're supposed to pain, painfully long for it. Okay. Webster's, puts it, the quality of being morally right or justifiable. Mm -hmm. Um, Paul says in his letter to Timothy, uh, but you, man of God, flee from all of this and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. And that's in 1 Timothy 6.11. So the word used for righteousness is used over and over again in the scripture. And it's dikeosune, dikeosune, okay? And here's the definition of it. In a broad sense, state of him who is as he ought to be. Righteous in the condition acceptable to God. So, what I understood about righteousness was, my understanding of righteousness was up until this point uh, was a term that signified uh, to live up to a moral standard. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. um, but after researching it, I discovered that our view of righteousness is a very Western perspective. Hmm. The Hebrews understood righteousness very differently. Oh, so um, a theological dictionary of the Old Testament said this. Rather, righteousness is, in the Old Testament, the fulfillment of the demands of a relationship, whether that relationship be with men or with God. Each man is set within a multitude of relationships, king with people, judge with complainants, priests with worshipers, common man with family, tribesmen with community, community with resident alien and poor, all with God. And each of these relationships brings with it specific demands; the fulfillment of which constitutes righteousness. Wow! So righteousness means the right relationship, not just with God but with man. Ooh! It's not living up to a moral standard; it's about being in right relationship. So there was this other article that I read, and this is, and I will link to all. I have links to all of these articles so that you guys can check them out. They're all really powerful. This one said this. This idea can be seen in passages like Psalm 4010, where David says, I do not hide your righteousness in my Um, I do not hide your righteousness in my heart. I speak of your faithfulness and salvation. So God's righteousness is equated with his faithfulness and deep relationships and his saving or rescuing of those he loves. In Psalm 65, we see God answers with awesome deeds of righteousness by forgiving those overwhelmed with sin and filling them with good things from his house. In Psalm 103, 6, God's righteousness means his commitment to the oppressed. Righteousness is clearly not being used to mean that God obeys some abstract moral code, but that he is faithful in relationships. Wow. Because think about, like, if we apply righteousness the way that we think of it as this um, re- um, holding to these moral codes, mm-hmm. God is not holding to moral codes. He just is.
1: Right. Um, he's mm-hmm.
2: faithful in relationships. He's committed. He's loving. And um, and that those are all relational things. Right. So God being faithful in those relationships, that is what is considered righteousness in the scripture. Um, I love this. This is a quote from a book called Is God to Blame by Dr. Greg Greg Boyd, and it says, God's righteousness is most perfectly revealed when he himself becomes a judged criminal. But Mm -hmm. in this quote, Isaiah 53, 5, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed so in the same way our righteousness is not merely a conceptual experience but a tangible characterization of our lives and our relationships Mm. so if god's righteousness is found through relationships Mm -hmm. then ours would be as well wow so there's an article that i read there's so uh, so many resources on this so i've listed a few and i'm quoting a few but please um go and check these out because they are really good so this is an article from the practice and this is what it says this is about our righteousness Mm -hmm. okay righteousness in short was, living right, was right living, right business, right character, right relationships, right service, right deeds. For Paul and the early believers, righteousness was not simply something abstract that happened in the ethereal spirituality of our individual souls. Instead, righteousness was a tangible word, a demonstrable word about God setting all things right, not only inside of us, but through us as well. Dallas Willard in The Divine Conspiracy Continued offers us a really helpful definition that begins to hint at the implications of righteousness for our daily lives, the ability to know and do the good in all aspects of life. For just a moment, imagine with me the implications. What if your righteousness was not only something inside you, but something you extended and enacted in the world? What if righteousness was not just about right relationship with God, but right relationships with others? Knowing and doing the good with your spouse, with your friends, with your kids, with your coworkers, with your boss. What if righteousness was right character, not only what you did, but how you did it with integrity, uprightness, and wisdom? What if righteousness was our right service, our right actions, our right deeds, and every task we're assigned, every responsibility we're entrusted, every hour with which we labor? What if as you begin to live this righteousness out in your vocation, you begin setting things right that had previously been wrong? Wow. Have you ever thought about righteousness like Mm -mm. that
1: before? Well, what I love, too, is that the right living, okay, so there is a a level of righteousness being about good deeds, right living, but it's not so that we are some puffed up person. It's so that we can have right relationships. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Who wants to be in a relationship with someone who's mean, untrustworthy, ugly, unkind, cheating, you wouldn't want to be in a relationship with someone like that. Yeah, it's like and it's like setting things back to the way they were supposed to be. Right. Yeah,
2: it's setting things it's how right. they were
1: always meant to be.
2: How they were always meant to be. Right. It's not That's about crazy. like just being you know being this right person. It's about setting things right in the world. Mm-hmm. It's so much more Ooh. an external yeah. thing um, and such a more selfless thing than I. Kind of had pictured
1: right, and and so if you go backwards, right, if you set the relationships right, then you're going to be sustained in Christ because He's like, if we exactly. have a right relationship, I can yes. sustain you all day long, right. When you break that relationship with me, mm-hmm. I can't sustain you because right. you know it's not like the the water can keep feel, filling the water wheel if the water wheel goes to another stream, right. Yeah. Like if you're with me and we have a relationship, I can continue to sustain you. As I continue to sustain you, we can continue to change the world because you're going to act in the right character. Exactly. Which means the words that come out of your heart, which are a reflection of your character, are going to be... Relationship building words exactly. Well, it's be wow. righteous,
0: be righteous in your character, and then you can do righteous. That's right in relation to other people. That, that is exactly right.
1: right. Listen
2: to this quote by C.S. Lewis from *Mere Christi- Christianity*. It says exactly that, and I love how he puts this. What God cares about is not exactly our actions. What He cares about is that we should be creatures of a certain kind or quality, the kind of creatures He intended us to be, creatures related to Himself in a certain way. I do not add, and related to one another, and A certain way, because that is included. If you are right with him, you will inevitably be right with your fellow creatures, just as if all the spokes of a wheel are fitted rightly into the hub and the rim, they are bound to be in right positions with one another.
0: Doesn't that sound like the, um, like some are the eye, some are the hand, some are uh-huh. the feet in the whole like body of Christ. Yes. Mm-hmm. How some adult. are the butt. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: But you know, you think about it, like if, if a spoke in a wheel is not connected to the hub correctly, if it's off, then it's not in right relation with all the other spokes. Right. That
1: is interesting. You yeah. have to be
2: connected first. It's like a puzzle piece. It is. Like, righteousness is a puzzle.
0: I love to and this stuck out to me like a book title so y'all just bear with me but how he said creatures of a certain kind like mm-hmm. we need to remember that yes. we are not of yes. the world you that's know right. it's like we are we that's are right. we are creatures of a certain kind of character and makeup that's right. that is in the image of God so our our creatures of a certain kind are in the image of God and that's what makes that's righteous
1: Yes. And I think that's what breaks my heart. Like when we get passionate about things we were talking about earlier in the uh, other weeks and just the culture that we've are all living in right now and first world problems that are around us and um, whether it's race issues or politic issues or whatever, marital issues, all these relationships. What makes me sad is that we treat one another as if the other one is not going to be standing in the kingdom of heaven, as if Mm. we are the only one that will be there our way, our kind, and only us. We have got to learn that if someone is a professing Christ follower, then they are our brother and sister in Christ. And how detrimental is it that we would allow things to come out of our mouths, actions to come out of our hands and our feet, um, and, and treat people the way that we're treating them. Right? I mean there's just there's no God in that. There's there's no righteousness in that.
2: Well I love that. Like I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but there are going to be people that you disagreed with that are in heaven. That are in heaven.
1: Exactly. (laughs) There are going to be Republicans and Democrats. There are there are going to be keep that news alert you will be able to stand people hand in hand from the snow whitest of snow white to the darkest of black and every color in between that is going to be in heaven. There are going mm-hmm. to be different faiths and denominations. Yeah. There are going to be women and men. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're just yeah. boys and girls. And we have got to, the, you know, we say we fight for peace. That's the big mantra, world peace, world yeah. peace. But really, the world peace starts with us. Right.
2: Well, and we're on the same team. We're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. You know, we, mm-hmm. we don't fight against flesh and blood. Mm-hmm. Like, right. we've got to stop seeing each other as the enemy. As the enemy. That's Mm -hmm. that's right relation. That's right.
1: Yeah. Ooh, I love all of that.
2: So um, what C.S. Lewis was telling us is that righteousness, our right relation with others, is a byproduct of our right relation with God. And that right relation to God is only possible through Christ. So there's this thing called the teleological exegetical principle, which... Wow. I know.
0: That's too smart for me. It's really pretty. I know.
2: I like how it sounds I do too. I'll I'll say it all day long. No idea what it means. (laughs) Teleological? Teleological exegetical principle, which stipulates that all other things being equal, we should always interpret the beginning of any divine program with its end. And that word is teleos. So uh, a way to look at it is um, if we look at the Old Testament, we look at it through the lens of the cross Mm -hmm. because that's. Or the resurrection, even Mm -hmm. that's the end, you know. Um, And when we take this principle into account, when we look back at the Old Testament laws, um, there's this quote that I'm going to read about it. But it's almost like um, what happened in the end was always the intention. Mm -hmm. Okay, Mm -hmm. so like the laws didn't work. Right, right that was always the point right Right. so listen he can explain it way better than me um (laughs) the old testament law initially looked like it was given to make us righteous before god but it failed as paul so frequently notes given that it ended in failure the teleological exegetical principle would lead us along with paul to presume that this was the point or at least one of the points of god giving us the law all along He was proving to us that we can never be made righteous before God by striving to obey law alone. In light of this failure, we, along with Paul, can view the law as a shadow, pointing us as a negative object lesson to the reality of Christ. Its failure prepared us to humbly accept God's righteousness as a gift given through Christ. Mm. So um, this points back to righteousness is not something that we can earn or that we can Mm -hmm. do it's not a Mm -hmm. list of to do it's a gift that's Mm. given to us there's nothing that we could do to earn righteousness um no matter how many of the laws that we obeyed that's right or no matter how much right living we did um it's like we start from the wrong end you know we start with the right living and expect that to change
0: us somehow are you trying to say we need to flip flop our thinking? Are you, you know? Are you saying that perhaps we're trying is a, to it, that it starts
1: with the mind? Figure out the promise before the premise. I know that we've
2: never talked the, about that before.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. This is also new to me. <laughs> That's so, good. Wow. Yeah, but it is true if you think about it. Righteous living is truly a gift from God. I mean, it yeah. really is the, the gift of the death on the cross enabled mm-hmm. us to even begin to think that we could pursue a relationship with him in such a way that allowed us to live a righteous life.
2: Right. Well, I mean, think about Jesus. He broke the law all the time. Like he was breaking the yes. Sabbath. He was right. Doing. Like,
1: so if right
2: righteousness was accounted to you by what you did, mm-hmm. then Jesus would not be righteous. Right. Talk to the woman at the well, Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dying did, with uh, mm-hmm. sinners and did all kinds of stuff mm-hmm. like that.
1: And, you know, I would even say it was interesting. God knew that Jesus knew that Judas was going to betray him. And yet he welcomed him into his 12. Mm-hmm. Right he had him in his tribe like I've, i one of my questions will always be you know, i do i want to ask him was there was there a hope like you you knew what the end result was going to be but was there this hope that he was just going to miraculously be so faithful to you right mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. he was in that group i mean he ate with him and discipled him and and everything yeah how often i mean we want to just cast people away from us that are different yeah. from us. If we think somebody's going to hurt us, we don't include them. If we yeah. you, people who have different opinions than us, you can go see your people that have the same opinion. Like if you're not like me, you don't think like me, you don't look like me, you're not in my tribe. Yeah. yeah if
0: you didn't have time to talk to me at the grocery store, bye, Felicia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. On <laughs>
1: right. Seriously, though, you know yeah. Peter denied him three times. Yeah, right? but His, Jesus
0: was looking at that. Like that's interesting. That I can't say it. The exegetical, principle. teleological. That one. Yeah. That's how Jesus was looking at yeah. those men. He was looking yeah. at that from was the looking end. At, that at the
2: end result. With the yeah. end in mind. He was looking at them with the cross in mind, even though mm-hmm. the cross did not.
1: And that's what I think. I, we've got to start doing yeah. with it, just one person at a time, church right. one church at a time. It's looking at from the end perspective mm-hmm. instead of the right now. We've got to quit this. We got to quit that. We got to fight this. We got to fight that. We got to look at it with the end in mind. Mm-hmm.
2: Like, how does that shift your perspective? With others, with other people. You look at them from eternity's viewpoint instead of right now.
1: So I would, if I'm answering this quite honestly, this is a concept that I feel like God has worked on me with over quite a few years. Not to get caught up in the moment. That every little moment is building to a greater thing, right? So like I tell the kids, in the life that they're in right now, being making different choices than some of the other kids are making or whatever. I try to tell them, remember, the end result is kingdom building. You're building the kingdom for Christ. The end result is you being in heaven and and doing whatever God has for you there. If you can remember that this is not about how I feel right in this moment. This is not about the wrong that was just done to me. This is not about the person who just honked his horn or whatever. It's really about the process of building the kingdom and fulfilling a prophecy. Like I think that it helps you not get caught up yeah. in the little nuances yeah. of light. I just think that people have such a short term way of seeing this world. And I, d- I think a lot of it is just ignorance. They don't have a clear perspective, of the truth of the Bible. Mm-hmm. Like they, the pieces. Yeah, yeah. I know who God is. That one in the Bible, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, I know Jesus. Didn't he die? Like isn't that the one we celebrate at Christmas, they don't really know all these truths, right. which can help set them free and help them not get caught up in the, in the short-term, short vision. Right, exactly. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. But you got to have big-picture yeah. ideas. You have yeah. to have big-picture ideas. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Well, um, you know, I always think about, um, I think it's in James, the short verse that talks about this. It says, um, Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him right. as righteousness. And 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 that kind of has always hung me up a little bit. Like, okay, so I get it. Like, righteousness is... Not necessarily a list of to do's, but um, because Abraham, like he didn't necessarily do all of these things. It said he believed God. Mm -hmm. That was it. And then Mm -hmm. there's this message translation of this verse. And this is um, actually Romans 4. And I just I love it so much. I think it's so rich. It says, Abraham didn't focus on his own impotence and say it's hopeless. This hundred year old body could never father a child. Nor did he survey Sarah's decades of infertility and give up. He didn't tiptoe around God's promise, asking cautiously skeptical questions. He plunged into the promise and came up strong, ready for God, sure that God would make good on what he had said. And that's why it is said Abraham was declared fit before God by trusting God to set him right. Mm. but God uh, but it's not just Abraham it's also us the same thing gets said about us when we embrace and believe the one who brought Jesus to life when the conditions were equally hopeless the sacrifice to Jesus made us fit for God set right with God
0: Mm. it's like Abraham allowed God to sustain him Mm -hmm. you know like he was sustained through God's promise and that's what carried him through and like the thing that I love about Abraham and the thing I love about David too, like he made a whole bunch of bonehead mistakes. Oh yeah, yes, whole slew of them, yeah, like yeah. just idiotic, dumb stuff. That right. like it's like if you just would he have tried known to write God, his own story. How many yeah. times did
1: he try to write his own story?
0: Right, but still, in the end, at the second to last book of the Bible, he's still called righteous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even though he'd done all those idiotic, mm-hmm. dumb yes. human things, which just yes. goes to
1: show us we don't have to be perfect. Right. We don't have to have all the answers.
2: Because it's not up to us. It's not up He's, to us. He was set right. He didn't set himself right. right. Yes.
1: God he set him right. He just believed God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: And, and that, it's a heart change, mm-hmm. right? Like his heart was changed. And so God, I feel like God just takes it and runs with it and sets him right.
1: I think even more than a heart change, I think it's a control change. Yeah. Like I really it think ultimately it's a control change that it's just giving it to God giving your life to him, giving, Mm -hmm. giving him the ability to do what he wants to do with it. And you being like, okay, I'm just going to kind of be a part of the process. I'm going to trust you to just kind of get me through it. And, and that's what Abraham did. He tried to write his own story several times and he finally had to keep falling on his face and be like, okay, I just, I'm giving it to God. I give you control. Yep.
2: So let's recap. We are to hunger and thirst for this thing called righteousness. Mm -hmm. We are to be desperate for it to refresh, support, and strengthen our soul. Uh, My idea of righteousness shouldn't be a long bulleted list of do's and don'ts. Mm -hmm. Uh, My idea of righteousness should look more like a puzzle where all the pieces fit as they ought to, which Mm. was that definition of righteousness. Um An even better idea is c s lewis 's picture of the wheel mm-hmm. with the spokes are in right relation to the hub and to the rim, and then they will automatically fit in right relationship with each other um when we step out of the right rela- when we step out of right relationship with others it 's an indication that we have stepped out of right relationship with the father mm. Mm. and i have I mm. just wrote this down and I just That would
1: preach in marriages. I just want to say that would preach in marriages.
2: And I just want to read this. Like I wrote this down and I just pray that this empowers somebody today. Okay. When you strive to find, I'm going to get choked up about it. When we, when you strive to find your identity in what you do, remember your right relationship is one who is a Royal daughter. When you hold back out of fear of rejection, remember your right relationship is one who accept, who is accepted and beloved. When you feel cast out and abandoned, remember your right relationship is one who is adopted into the family of God. When you feel completely alone, remember your right relationship is one who will never be forsaken. When you feel like a total screw-up that can't do anything right, remember that your right relationship is one who is created to do good works. When you are circling the same mountain, the same sin that has kept you in bondage for years, remember that your right relationship is one who is free.
0: Mm. That's so beautiful. That is beautiful. You need to include that in the blog post so people can read yeah. that and meditate on yeah. it. Yeah.
2: Yeah. But it, just think about like in any area in life that you're struggling, mm-hmm. look back to that relationship with God and look: am I in right relationship in this area? Because if you're out of line with others, there's something that's not in line with the Father. There's mm-hmm. something about your relationship that you need to straighten out a little bit mm-hmm. and understand a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And this is why in Ephesians 6, 4, the armor of God, mm-hmm. putting on, you're supposed to put on the breastplate of, of righteousness, righteousness, the thing that protects your heart and your organs. It's because it is vital. Wow. Righteousness is vital to our spiritual lives. Without it, there isn't anything. Mm. Wow, Righteousness takes trust. Trust that God will set us right. And righteousness means trusting that even though we feel hopeless, God will shape us into the puzzle piece that fits as it ought to with him and consequently with others. Mm. So that's what I have for today. Um, the that practical and I, I told you it was like there's so much to yeah. it. There's so much <laughs> yeah. to righteousness
1: that I never. We could probably do a whole series on Be Righteous. You know, well, we really could. True. We mm-hmm.
2: really could. There's just, and there's so much content out there. Mm-hmm. So I would encourage you if you, um, you know, want to, dive a little bit deeper to read some of these articles because I found them truly inspiring and empowering. Um, But here's some practical applications. Okay. Okay. Um, Write down three relationships, and I would encourage you to write down the three maybe most complicated or difficult relationships that you have. And go through each one and write down how your right relationship or your misaligned relationship with God may be affecting Hmm. that relationship with others.
0: Hmm. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> can you think of like,
2: I can, that I can think hard. of some relationships that yeah. are difficult and then I can kind of look at my part in those relationships mm-hmm. and see that I'm not quite aligned with God in that area
1: mm-hmm. and therefore yep.
2: mm-hmm. I'm not quite aligned with this person.
1: Or maybe it's not that you're not quite right aligned with God, but you can see the, the godly principle yeah. that you're not practicing. practicing, Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. That God would practice with us. Yes. And does every day because we're just a sinner like anyone else. Yeah. But we're not bestowing that same grace. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The grace that has the yeah. power for anything, yeah. right? Grace wins to the ones who are a little more difficult.
2: And think about wow. that. So you are in a relationship with someone who, uh, and they need grace. And you don't extend that grace. Is there something in your spirit that thinks that God is not going to extend that grace to That's you? That's right. I bet there is.
1: That there is. For sure.
2: You know? Yeah. Whatever role you're playing in that relationship, yep. Do are you thinking that God plays that same role mm-hmm. to you?
1: That's so interesting. And I, I think that there's a portion of that when we were talking about just how angry the world seems to be this our culture seems to be one another for all these things, right? You just begin to wonder, is that how we think that God sees us yeah. or sees others? Mm-hmm.
2: Exactly. Ugh. Exactly. Um, the last practical application I have is, um, I got this from Lisa Turkhurst, and we can link to this too. Um, Psalm 14, uh, I'm sorry, Psalm 1914 says, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart, going back to the mouth, mm-hmm. be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. And Lisa Turkers talk about being a noticer. Um, it 's an opportunity to notice the good to reach past feelings and comfort zones and challenges to pursue righteousness in every moment mm. um, and so she talks about like she saw this pile of um, you know boots and coats and stuff on the floor and instead of getting upset about it, she notices the fun and the um, the beauty that she has all of mm-hmm. these kids in her house and mm. um, and it's being, so it 's being a noticer so that in a moment you can choose righteousness instead yeah. of um, unrighteousness
1: instead of ugly instead of (laughs) of the ugly ugly (sighs) proactive instead of reactive man that's a lot to chew on it's a lot to chew on man yeah
2: Hmm. but there you go
1: well
0: my brain is a little (laughs) hurty it's a little it was so no but it's like so good like I need to I'll be excited to go back and listen to and listen to to this. this to like I felt like you know, way each alone. one that we've listened, yeah. Or done yeah like just sit down and listen this with was like one of the
2: pencil. longest like it took me to get one yeah. together because Man, there's is. I'm glad
0: you had it's to do it so,
2: <laughs> <laughs> so okay so this is we're gonna probably go a
0: couple minutes over we already have gone a couple minutes over so I'll keep this really brief but it's interesting how and I can't remember if we said this on an earlier episode or off air but how when we first think about Righteousness—it's self-righteousness, yes. but really, it's relation—it's righteousness to others, others and not self. So, yes. of course, self-righteousness it's is the antithesis. This anything is antithesis. but isn't that so fast? That's a it's that's a whole other thing
2: to think about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, righteousness in and of itself is all about other people. Right. Which is why it's so gorgeous. It's so agape. That God is righteous. So when you think about God being righteous, you're not thinking about like he just does all these perfect things. He's just so about everyone else.
0: But
1: it's so agape. Mm-hmm. I mean that's what agape yeah, exactly. is. It's about others. Exactly. Yeah.
0: yeah. Hmm. All right, Sarah, can you uh can you pray that this yes. all takes root in yes. our lives? Please? Yes, I
1: can. <laughs> Father God, Lord, just thank you again for another 30, 35 minutes of coming to you and just um, chewing over your word and uh, digesting some of it. Lord, there's just been so many good nuggets that you've shared over the last few weeks. And I just pray that we'll be able to go back and re-listen and listen again and just really learn some truths that we can live victoriously in you, Lord, that we can learn that. Having right relationship with you is having right relationship with others so that we can be sustained through you and and just the sustaining power of Christ to be our hope for every single day and so that we can have the right mindset and and have the right um, relationship with others, the right words to speak, and that our heart and our character would look like yours, Lord. I just pray all of this in your name and pray. Amen.